I have a little book of notes that I keep, and I had all these notes in there on this topic today, and I'm not sure exactly where it came from. So if it's somebody else's message, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down, <laughs> but I think it's going to minister to you, and I've changed it enough that it's not like the original anyway, but I just wanted you guys to know that I don't ever want to be accused of plagiarizing. There's an integrity in this pulpit today. And it's too easy for people to type out what you said. It goes online and it shows that somebody said this 20 years ago, which is about when I wrote this down. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I just wanted you guys to know that uh, this, this, in part anyway, is something that I gleaned from somebody else. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us as your kids, for grafting us into that wonderful vine through Jesus. Lord, he has given us life and life in abundance, and today we just want to plug into that vine. Lord, we want to receive from you. And I believe this message is for everybody in this room today, those who are watching online Lord, I believe you have something for us. Christians should be known as people who are friendly. And Lord, it's my prayer today that we'll walk out of here being just that. So we commit this message into your hands. Give us soft hearts to receive. Help us to apply it where needed. To you be all the glory and all the praise. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So today's message is all about, and the topic or title of this message is this, friendships that last, embracing the wisdom of what? Proverbs 18.24. Before I read this verse, I wanted everybody here to understand that the book of Proverbs was written by a dad, and he wanted to give his son some, some, a friend of mine called them nuggets. He wanted to give his son some nuggets that he could live his life by. How many dads are in this room? All right. And how many of you dads share your wisdom with your kids? All right. Why do you do that? How many know usually it goes, right? Why do we still try? We love them, and we want to try to help them avoid the same stupid mistakes <laughs> that we made, even though we know they're probably not going to hear us. But we say it anyway, because we like hearing the sound of our own voice. No, that's, that's not true. But the writer of Proverbs, and, and much of it's attributed to Solomon, of course, but I just want you guys to understand that this is good stuff for us to live our daily lives by. God gave the writer of, of Proverbs everything that's in there. It didn't just come by chance. We believe that in the Assemblies of God. We believe that uh, it was imparted by the Holy Spirit. God gave them the unction to write it. So, when I share from this today, these are God's words spoken through, yes, a man, but 
penned for our sake, even yet today. It wasn't just meant for his son. How many are with me? So let's look at Proverbs 18.24. And this is the New Living Testament to begin with. There are friends. Oh, how many have friends like this? There are friends who destroy each other. Ah. You know, most of the television shows that we watch today, this is what it's all about. There's that tension. There's that always, there's always somebody, some rascal in there that pretends to be a friend, but they end up stabbing their buddy in the back. That makes good TV, apparently. But it's not so fun when it's living, when it's in your own backyard, when it's in your own house, is it? Going on, but a real friend, hallelujah, say this part with me, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. How close is a brother? You guys that have brothers, you know. Man, you're close. You grow up together. You fight over the same food, especially the Twinkies and the pies. And You can have my broccoli, but right? But you know each other because you grew up with each other, and that's the point. A friend is closer than a brother. How many would say a friend is valuable? Hallelujah. I believe it is. The writer of Proverbs 18.24 knew all too well that each of us needs to have at least one, if not multiple, friends. Where does one find friends? Here's a shameless plug. Today, after the service, we're having... I hate that word, though. I know that's a strong hate. Hate is a strong word, but really, potluck, that's the best you can do? It always reminds me... Never mind. But the food's good, okay? Don't let the potluck part throw you. And even if you didn't bring something, please join us. And it's a great place to meet new friends. Yes, you can go home after the service and eat lunch. You can go to a restaurant, or you can stay here and meet some new people. Hallelujah. Some godly people who I think, and this is my own personal opinion, who make really good friends. You know, some of my best friends I met in church. And here we are, 40 years later, I know I'm, I'm old, I got the proof here, but we're still friends. When you become a brother or sister in Christ, there's just something about that, that time doesn't change. My friends that I knew in my early years, growing up, I don't, really communicate with them much anymore but my church friends we're always talking to each other facebook they call i call them they call me and ask for help to get their rv off the road larry (laughs) but see that's how good a friend we are he felt like he could call me and say pastor norm can you help me (laughs) And I was like, yeah, especially after the message I preached that Sunday. 
not, not preaching that message again. <laughs> Writer and newspaper columnist Walter Winchell, and I doubt many in this room remember him. Of course, really? Do you? Look at your hair, it's silver. Yeah, that's why you remember, because you're old like me. I know you are. Much older, John. No, just kidding. A real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. Would you agree? That's a real friend. A real friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. How many of us could use some friends like that today? Hallelujah. So let's look at Proverbs 18.24 again, but this time from the message. It says this, friends come and friends go. I like this. But a true friend sticks by you like family. That's good, isn't it? That's another one that we should make a refrigerator magnet for it. The writer of Proverbs describes three types of people. You probably know what they are already. The first one, of course, is friends. Yeah. What's the opposite of a friend? The F word. Come on, you potty minds. F-O-E. Foe. Friend, foe, and there's another one with an F. Ah, a fool. Three types of people in Proverbs. Friend, foe, and a fool. So we all know what a friend is. We've talked about that a little bit. Most people know that. But what about a foe? You've got kids in here, they're probably like, what's well, a foe? Is that like a doe? I don't know. <laughs> hey, that's the best you're going to get. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't have to do anything to make enemies, right? In fact, all you have to do sometimes is just drive down the road and be you. <laughs> Pastor Barb had this experience recently. She was coming into church, and how many know, and by the way, she's not here because she's not feeling that great today, which... For her to tell me she's not feeling that great, you know she's not feeling that great. So she stayed home today to spare you guys from the critters. Anyway, she's driving into church, and I'm sure she's kicking it out with the music because she likes to worship. And all of a sudden she realizes this big truck's coming up behind her. And you know how some of those guys do? They zoom up, and then they back off a little. They zoom up. And they, they try to see how close to your bumper they can get. I saw a cute little bumper sticker that said, Are you this close to Jesus? I thought about getting one of those for mine. I like that. But anyway, this guy kept doing it, and, and they were on, finally on the, got out of the curves. They're on Chris Road, but the guy couldn't pass because there was oncoming traffic. And I mean, she could tell he was getting... How many know by looking in your rear view that sometimes you can tell when people aren't happy with you? And she said, I don't know what I did because I was doing the speed limit. You know? And I'm like, honey, I don't know what you did either. 
Well, finally, there was a clearing enough for the guy to get around, and I mean, he nails it. He's just, he's doing like 100 miles an hour as he goes by, and she said, I am absolutely positive. He gave me that sign that I was number one, but I, I couldn't see it because he had heavily tinted windows, but I'm just guessing that he did. You know, sometimes we don't have to do anything. People are our foes. If you can picture this, she said when he went by, she smiled and waved. <laughs> oh, and that's my wife. And this is another good reason that we all need to have friends. We need people who will build us up and encourage us when we get around people like that. Because she immediately had to tell me, and I helped her unload that. It's no fun when people are mean to you right? And it doesn't take much today. I like what Woodrow Wilson said, and I do have a few quotes here, but he said this, he said, friendship is the only cement, would you read this with me? Friendship is the only cement that will ever hold the world together. That's smart. That's good wisdom. We need people who are friends. Last year, we went to an, a, a lo local orchard. I say local, it's over by Roger City. And I went with my son and his family, and we're just having fun. And my granddaughter said, hey, can we go play in the playground? And we're like, yeah, go ahead. And Andy's like, well, I got to get my stuff up here. I'm buying this. I said, I'll take them. So I walked over to the playground with my granddaughters, Isabel and Evangeline. And if you remember... Evangeline, I know, isn't she so cute? <laughs> and she's out there, and she's playing, having a blast, and she gets up on, on one of the, the playground things, and I heard her say this to a girl, little girl who was probably two years older, I would, that's my best guess, a couple years older, and she looks at the little girl, and she goes, hey, will you be my friend? I know, that's what I said. And that little girl looked at her and went, no, I don't even know you. And she ran off and went and played with some other kids who were there. Now, I don't know if Evangeline was hurt by that moment. You know, when kids are that young, sometimes they're a little more resilient. But man, I hurt for her. I was like, wow, what would, have taken, what would it have taken for that older girl just to say, sure, my name is whatever, you know, Susie, what's your name? She didn't have to play with her, but just to be friendly. We need to keep that in mind. We're the church. Say, we're the church. We're the church. God expects you and me to be friendly. friendly. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hallelujah. I want to share three keys to making and keeping friends. Three keys to making and keeping friends. And this is for all ages, not just for the young people. All right? Number one, important, be committed to your friend. 
Be committed to your friend. The context, if you didn't already know this, of Proverbs 18.24, it says, in essence, if you want friends, you have to be friendly. (laughs) Say that with me. If you want friends, you have to be friendly. Hallelujah. I I didn't always have this. I, I grew up in Catholicism, and this wasn't something that we shared often. But when I became born again in my 20s, this became my staple. And, and I began to realize, man, Norm, you're an ornery person. You know, I could think of a whole lot of movies that I, I could be the character, or it could have been, could have been, past tense, because I'm not like that. Now, some of you, you've seen me before coffee in the morning, all right? And maybe a little bit of that's still there. You know, it's still the same guy, but hopefully it's, most of it's under the blood. So with that said, I just want you to understand that if you want friends, you have to be friendly. Hallelujah. And this is very important. Did you know that if you're not friendly right now, that you could be? It takes practice, though. And one of my mentors, I'm married to her. I've already said this before, but... We would go through the stores, and all these people are smiling at my wife. And I'm behind her. You know, she's usually leading the way in the store, because I don't know where we're going. I'm just there to follow. She's the shopper. And as we go through the store, I see all these people smiling at her, and then they, I'm like three, four feet behind, and they get to me, and they're like, And it's like a light turning on and off. It's like, what? What in the world's going on? And then it dawned on me. It's me. Because I'm behind her going, well, who's going to smile at you if that's you? You know what I'm saying, don't you? You were never like that, though. I've always known... Dave's a, he's always smiling. I love Dave. But I had issues. And it took practice. And I, I still today have to work at this, all right? This is the first step to making friends. If you look like Mr. Grumpy Puss, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. You with me? Dale Carnegie said this, if you want to make friends, You must learn to listen to others. Very important. If you want to make friends, you you must learn to listen to others. How do you do that? By showing a, a real interest in them. You see, we've all got our own agendas, things we like to talk about. But when you're meeting somebody for the first time, don't let it be all about you. You know don't, don't be like the guy that just pours out the whole pot. A little bit at a time, you know? And let them get some words in edgewise. 
This is how you make friends. Now, you might be going, really, Pastor? That's what you're going to do on a Sunday morning? But honestly, we all need this. We need to relearn how to be friends, how to be relational. Find out who they are and what they're interested in. Now, here's something I found interesting, and you may have heard this. How many have heard of the six degrees of separation between us? Have you ever noticed that when you sit down and talk to people for any length of time, you eventually find out you know somebody that they know? They could be from a whole other part of the country. In fact, the last weekend when we were at the Michigan Ministry Network thing we went to, we're sitting there with a couple from Olivet. They were from another state originally. And we started talking to them, and guess what? We ended up knowing people that they knew. And I'm like, how? You know, it just puts this, this whole great big blue marble into perspective. It isn't as big as we like to make it. It really isn't. So six degrees of separation. That old saying, a friend of a friend, is so true. If you know people, you're going to have friends that you don't even know you have. Friends of a friend. So get to know people. C.S. Lewis said, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Anybody? Yeah. Sometimes you end up marrying those people. Who, who do? This is important. Not that all of this isn't. This is for our parents. Maybe our grandparents. Some of you grandparents are raising your grandchildren. You can help your child by training them to be relational. I should have brought my phone out here today. Because... That little device has ruined our personalities. That's all we do. That's all we do. Parents, parents are locked in on that thing all day long. Kids are all around them playing. Where are they at? Oh, oh, playing a game, Facebook. Texting the boss. Boss was texting you. Why aren't you at work? No, that's a different story. We need to teach our kids how to be relational. If you don't, who's going to? TV? <laughs> yeah, okay. That should have been in the back. This applies to our adults as well. So here we go. Ready? Make eye contact. Here's something, though, that I just learned. Know your culture. There are a few cultures that do not make eye contact and they think that it is rude if you do. So if you're in one of those, you might not want to do this. But normally, in a, a typical context, in the U.S., make eye contact. It just shows that you are listening, that you really care, that you want to be a part of that conversation. Number two, and I, I've kind of said this already, but smile. Hello? It's a simple little thing. 
But it can change the outcome so easy. And did you know this? It takes 72 muscles in your face, Ron, 72 muscles. He took me fishing a week ago, and, and I, I don't know who won. We, we both caught two fish. Anyway, 72 to frown, but only 14. 14 to smile. So it's, it's a lighter lift if you smile. It doesn't take as much energy. Hello? You won't be as wore out. If, April? Yeah, that's it. I love it. Smile. Call the person by name. Not hey you or hey buddy. Now I'm going to confess. <laughs> I'm not good at this. I try. I really do. But there are times when I mess up. Where's Ron? Ron's over here. Yeah, that, that Ron. Have mercy on me. If I blow it, I try. All right, next. Talk about your favorite hobby. What gets you charged up? What are you passionate about? You know, people are going to be a lot more invested in you if, if they see the exciting side, to, at least to start with. You can be the boring guy later. Finally, be an encourager. I'm thinking of Winnie the Pooh. You know where I'm going. That poor mule. Well, I think it's going to rain. I'm pretty sure it's going to rain. Even though the sun's out. Really? Some of us are like that. Don't be an Eeyore. All right? Be an encourager. Well, it's going to be a beautiful day. You know what I'm saying? Huh? I love Tigger. Be that person. We need encouragement. We need people who are friendly. We need people who lift us up and not... We're already like this. Right? You know, those, those anthropologists that go way back, when they say our arms were on the ground, that's just because they were wore out and they had a bunch of Eeyores in their life. If they had Christians in their life that were building them up, pumping them up, man, they'd be like, come on. That's how we should be. Okay, choose your wins, choose your wins frisely. <sighs> Number two, choose your friends wisely. I couldn't have said that if I'd wanted to. Choose your friends wisely. How many of you... Don't raise your hand. How many of you didn't do this at some point in your life? Just, just nod, yeah. And what was the outcome? Ooh, painful, right? There's an old saying, 
Be friendly to everyone, but don't have everyone as a friend. Be friendly to everyone, but don't have everyone as a friend. George Washington, another very well-known person, said this, It is far better to be alone than to be in bad company. Hmm. It's far better to be alone than to be in bad company. In other words, here we go. I'm going to use the other F word. Don't hang out with fools. A fool is a person who... We all need friends like this. I want to share two super glue qualities. Not my words, but this other person who shall go unknown because I don't know who they were. Two super glue, glue qualities are, say it with me, honesty and loyalty. Honesty and loyalty. Always be honest. We're experiencing that. If you're not, you need to come to the marriage thing, the marriage workshop in two weeks because it really will help you. But we love each other so much, and, and we finish each other's sentences. And I know I'm, I'm looking at Martha, Joe, and Dan, and they're both, yep, yep. And, and we know what the other one's going to say or think before they say or think it. I mean, it's, it's weird. Let me just say it. It's weird. Some say you even start to look like your spouse after so many years. And, and again, we've been married 47 years. So that's, that's not, hey, <laughs> I've seen folks that have gone 75, and I'm like, wow, you made it. <laughs> Hey, that's a lot. Of course, they're... <laughs> Not always. Yeah. Why do I go off on these tangents like that? Honestly, honesty. Always tell the truth to your friends. It's so important. You know, especially when it's... If they're doing something that's wrong or sinful, man, come on. Don't just accept it. Well, that's who they are. No. You know, if somebody's biting somebody's head off, stop them and say, hey, look, man, I love you. And you shouldn't do that. You know, be a real friend. You know what somebody that hates them will do? They'll just let them keep doing it, and eventually they won't have any friends at all. Eventually they'll get rid of you too. It's truth, Right? Tell the truth in love, even when it hurts. Loyalty. You know, there's no greater bond than when a friend has your back. But the same is true with you. You need to have their back. This is a reciprocal thing. Friends have each other's backs, right? So important. We need friends like that. What does it look like? Well, what about when you're hanging out with somebody, and this happened more probably in school than I see today as an adult, but you know when you're, you're in a group of people and they start making fun of your friend. Maybe it's the way they look, maybe it's something else, whatever. And what do you do? You put on that pasty smile? <laughs> or do you say, hey, that's not who they are. Is it going to get you in trouble too? Oh yeah, you can expect it. 
But you know what? People are going to know that you've got your friends back. Don't listen to gossip from somebody else. This happens in the adult world. Somebody's talking trash about your friend. What should you do? No. You should go, hey, that's not who they are. I know them. I've never seen them behave like that. That's what a friend does. A friend has the other friend's back. This author is unknown, but the quote is, a true friend is someone who's always there during the ups and the downs, laughter and tears, and never judges you for your flaws. Sounds like marriage. That for better, for worse thing, right? I love it because we have a lot more better than worse. But, you know, isn't it nice to know there's somebody, there's somebody out there for you, if you don't already have somebody like this, a friend who will forgive your flaws. Because we all have what I like to call barnacles. Some are more obvious than others, right? But we all have them. We have flaws. And we need people who will love us even aside from those flaws. And God usually puts these relationships together. So I'm thankful to the Lord for this. I began with key number one, be committed to your friends. Number two, what was it? Choose your friends wisely. And number three, which we just talked about, value your friends. I want to end with one final thing. Very important as Christians. Be compassionate to your foes. Be compassionate with your foes. If you follow Christ, you will have enemies. Jesus said, don't be surprised by this if they persecute you. They try to stone you or hang you on the cross. Don't be surprised. They're doing the same thing to him. They did the same thing to him. But we should never treat them the same as they're treating us. Proverbs 20, 22. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong, but wait for the Lord to handle the matter. You know, God's got your back. And when the timing's right, those people will pay for whatever it is they did to you. But instead of you trying to get vengeance trying to get justice on your own, just give that to the Lord, pray for those people, and trust that God has got this. I don't know if you're familiar with this scripture, but Proverbs 25, I'm getting close to the end. If your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they're thirsty, give them water to drink. You will heap burning coals of shame on their heads, and the Lord will reward you. Now in the the early days, around the times of Jesus, people would have little coals that they would put into their fires, and they would try to keep those going, because once your coals went out, what happened? It got cold. And you needed the coals not just for heat, but also for cooking, right? So the idea here was this. 
the people, and typically they picture them in a second floor room, those who didn't have a lot, those who were the down and outs, if you will, they would carry these little containers on their heads and they would walk under the windows of these people who had plenty and those people would drop a hot coal in there so that they could heat their homes and cook. And this is the idea behind this, to heap burning coals on their heads. This is what we do with our enemies. Instead of trying to get justice, trying to get vindicated, we love them. We heap burning coals on their heads, and God will be pleased with you. Here's some great advice to go with this. The best way to defeat a foe is to become friends. I don't know if you've ever done this. I've only had the experience in my lifetime a few times where I was able to be a friend with someone who was originally an antagonist and they liked to fight. And I got into some fights with these guys. Sometimes it took duking it out to become friends. I'm not recommending that. This is before I knew Jesus. It just happened to work. Not everybody's going to be your friend. But if they're your foe, what you need to do is treat them with kindness, pray for them, and trust them into the Lord's hands. So as I start wrapping this up, in John 15, 15, and this just, every time I read it, how many are a disciple of Jesus? Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. My red letters, now you are my friends. Since I've told you everything that the Father told me. You see, Jesus entrusted the disciples with everything about his business, why he came, where he was going, and so on. They didn't connect the dots right away, but they finally got it. And as a result, they became this powerhouse for the kingdom of God. And they, they took the gospel to the uttermost ends of the earth. They covered the globe pretty much. They're still small places. But I'm telling you what, the gospel is out there. Right? So Jesus called them his friends. What an honor to be called Jesus' friend. Friends trust each other. Friends confide in one another. They challenge each other to do better. They forgive and they forget when their feelings get hurt. And listen, even in our marriage, still, it doesn't happen very often, but I'm just, Barb, I know you're watching this online, but I know you'd agree with me that sometimes... 
we hurt each other's feelings. The important thing is, is that we get over that. That we forgive, and then we forget. Big key. Because if you dig it back up every couple weeks, remember how you hurt my feelings two weeks? This isn't Barb. <laughs> remember how you hurt my feelings two weeks ago? Yeah, you reminded me every day since. No, that's, that isn't forgiving. Don't be that kind of person. We all need friends. Would you stand with me? How many in this room have friends? Raise your hand. All right. Me too. A couple of you anyway. How many in this room? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you need some friends? Just look at me. Just look at me like, yeah, I, that's me. Yeah, okay, thank you. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. You're just getting a general idea of what's going on. Hmm. Hallelujah. I believe there's probably somebody online today too that <laughs> some of you guys, you may not have any friends. I want you to know first and foremost, everybody here has a friend. And what's his name? Jesus. And he wants to be your friend. That is the most important thing that, that you can take hold of today. You're not alone in this war, in this fight to get from point A to point B, from birth into the next eternal life thing. You're not alone. And if you think you are, then you don't know the Jesus that I know. And if you ever get to that place where you're thinking, and, and this isn't in my notes, so somebody here needs to hear this. If you ever get to that place and you think, I don't have any friends, why am I even here? Why am I living? If, if that's you, please, please, please reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody. Because there's always someone that cares about you. Always. In church, it should be us. Always. I don't like doing funerals for people like that. Because what do you say? Where was the church? Let's be a friend to somebody out there. But if that's you, if, if you're here today and you say, I don't have friends, I want to pray with you. And I want our church family to pray as well. So are you ready for this? If you looked at me, you kind of nodded like, yeah, that's me. I want to pray right now. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is in the house. He's been moving here at this church. And I trust that he's going to be moving right here, right now. So if that's you, I want to encourage you with this. And I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving me. By faith, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. He came to make me a new person. The old person, the sinner, is no more. My life is new. It's under the blood. 
Jesus said, by his stripes, we are healed. And Lord, today, I accept that healing. And I pray right now that if there are flaws in me that prevent me from making friends, I need your help. Help me to put a smile on. Help me to be genuinely interested in others. Put somebody in my life who would be a a good companion for me. A good friend. And Jesus, until that happens, I lean on your friendship. I trust you are with me. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Jesus, make me new today. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Whether you're here or online today, if you prayed that prayer and you meant business, I I believe it with all my heart that God's in the house and he heard that prayer. You're not alone. You're never going to be alone. And he will always be with you. And what does Romans 10, 14 say? Those who trust in the Lord will never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. You'll never be ashamed. So you're doing the right thing. Now, the fun part, we get to go eat. And everybody say this, it's a miracle. Pastor Norm got done early. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to pray a blessing over the food. I don't know if the food's ready. Anybody know that? Is it? Yes? No? Maybe? They're going to find out. Wait just one brief second, minute, hour. Fifteen minutes later, they come out. Okay, Pastor Norm's not done. They're good. All right. Excellent. Everybody say, yeah. Thank you to all who helped, who made stuff. deliver. We had a lady that her husband's in the hospital in Traverse City, but she dropped off food for us today. Come on, who does that? Thank you, Rose. She loves it when I point her out. (laughs) Anyway, Father, thank you again for this message. I pray for this church, Lord, that we would be friendly, that we would make friends, be friends, and those who are our foes, Lord, maybe at least to begin with, Lord, that we would encourage them to become our friend, that we wouldn't go after them with a vengeance, but rather... We would pray for them, love them, and Lord, let you do what only you can do. And Lord, this church needs more people like this. So help us, Lord, with this. Help us to be loyal. Help us to be honest with each other. And grow this church as only you can. And Lord, bless the food, the hands that have prepared it. Bless our time of fellowship. And if there's somebody here today that doesn't have a friend before they leave here, I pray, Lord, that they'll make one before walking out of this building. We again commit this church, the hope, into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great week.